It's game day, and this is the home of Scottish football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good afternoon and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard After European success on Thursday The old firm going to cold storage until tomorrow Before that Motherwell could take advantage by going second If they beat Ross County St Mirren welcome the Ackies Aberdeen head to Livy And another cracker tomorrow in the form of an Edinburgh derby I'm Gordon Duncan Joining me today Alex Ray, Craig Beatty and Hugh Keevans Let me paint the picture We've got blue skies and we've got green grass all made now. A kaleidoscope of colour when the game starts at three o'clock. Mullerwell can go second top if they beat Ross County. That's a claret and amber target. St Mirren and Hamilton Ackies both need to win in Paisley. That's a black day for the loser. Aberdeen have been knocked black and blue by an injury crisis. They need to overcome as well as resisting Livingston. And then there's the Jags. Another manager going, not a win this season so far. They don't need any red faces at Fairhill when did Fairland come calling. How does that picture look, Alec? Yeah, I have to say, Gordon, it's a, a, a really good schedule today. You know, we've got some important games. Uh, you just touched upon that Murrow can go up into second place. We've also got Livingston and Aberdeen who can actually kind of go up a couple of positions as well. A full fixture as well in the, in the championship going some tasty ties there. And then Craig Beattie, the bigger picture this weekend, of course, well, we're split across Saturday, Sunday. Three fixtures in the top flight today, three tomorrow um, as Celtic and Rangers begin that juggling process of, mm. of dealing with Europa League group stages and trying to, to keep up in, in the Premiership. Yeah, it's an important part of the season and and. and they then look at um, the recruitment again over the, the summer and the squads and is there going to be a bit of rotation with, with all the games coming thick and fast but listen that's why these players play at such big clubs that's why they get the good managers in charge and you know this is where they're, where they're going to earn their corner this season uh, We've got the top team all around the grounds as well let's start our whistle-stop tour of some of Scottish football's most important venues let's go first then to Fir Park because Motherwell can go up to second even if it is for less than 24 hours they host Ross County today and Andrew McLean is looking after to that one. Yeah, I'm quite looking forward to this one out of the top flight games. I'd say this is the one that, that would be game of the day for me, but I've probably given it the, the kiss of death now, so expect a 0-0 a draw. And I'll, I'll tell you what, though, looking out onto the pitch in the sunshine, it's absolutely immaculate. I know the pitch always looks good here at Fir Park, but I think the highest compliment I can pay is that it actually looks like a plastic pitch. That's how well kept it is here at the moment. And uh, the sun has been shining on the Motherwell team of late as well. They've scored three goals in each of their last three matches. Nine points from those games and a win today, as you said, Gordon, would put them up to second place for at least 24 hours. Rangers, of course, travelling to St Johnston tomorrow in a lunchtime kickoff as for Ross County. Well, they started the season so well. A good League Cup group campaign, a convincing win against Hamilton on the opening day of the season. Then a bit of a rough patch, winless in four in all competitions, but they grabbed a, a last-minute winner against St Mirren last weekend, and that means that they could go level with Motherwell on 10 points if they grab a winner today. Uh, Motherwell, well, why would you change it when it's going so well? Unchanged from that 3-2 win against Hearts last time out. So it's Mark Gillespie who starts in goal. It's a back four of Liam Grimshaw, Peter Hartley, Declan Gallagher and Jake Carroll. The midfield three Alan Campbell, Liam Donnelly and Liam Polworth with James Scott and Sherwin Sadoff either side of Devontae Cole. The substitutes Carson, Tate, Long, Hilton, Maguire, Mugabe and O'Hara as for Ross County. They've made one change from that win against St Mirren. Out goes Ian Vigers and in comes Tom Gravosti. A 4-4-2 for them. Ross Laidlaw in goal. It's a back four of Marcus Fraser, Liam Fontaine, Keith Watson and Ricky Foster. It's then a midfield four of Michael Gardine who's making his 400th appearance for the club today. What a milestone that is. Ewan Henderson, Tom Gravosti and Harry Payton make up 
up the rest of the midfield four with Ross Stewart and Billy Mackay, the partnership up top. The substitutes, Ruddy, Erwin, Mullen, Spence, Graham, Spittle and Chalmers. The referee for this one at Fir Park is Alan Muir. Hugh Keevans, we were marvelling at the state of that Motherwell pitch yes. on social media this morning. You and I, someone's been creative this morning. They've been out with a, a drone by the looks of it. They've yeah. taken all sorts of... Uh, Footage and, and pictures And Andrew's right It looks absolutely brilliant The sun is shining Of mm. course we hope people are listening to us all the way But maybe make it a portable device And get yourself out to a game What a day it is to watch some football Listen, you can't undermine what Motherwell do They are a community club They are taking great steps to try and draw a crowd today And why not? If they win, they go second top Just two points behind Celtic and in the passing, congratulations to the Chief Executive mm-hmm. Alan Burrows at for part 12 years to the day since he started working for the club Literally off the terracing and into the hierarchy of the club So it's great to see And Stephen Robinson, first class job The problem for Motherwell is more and more people are noticing what a first class job he's doing And now of course Andrew, with that comes a different type of pressure Because I can't imagine many are looking at this today and not tipping Motherwell to win the game So all of a sudden, uh, you know, they have that challenge to deal with There's only so long you can fly under the radar Yeah, I think that's what happens You almost become a victim of your own success really And they've done so well in the opening stages of this season And you know, they've been tight at the back They've been scoring goals as well And I think a lot of the, the Motherwell fans that will be coming here As you said, will be expecting a win against Ross County today and I think a lot of the Motherwell fans will be daring to dream as well because when you look at, at, around the, the rest of the table the likes of you, you know, your Hearts, your Hibs, your, your Aberdeens, Kilmarnocks don't look as strong as they did last season and I think it might be in the back of a, a few minds here that, that maybe you know pushing for you know top six at least going further maybe maybe even a European place could be possible but you know this is only the sixth league game of the season but uh, when you start this well you, you can allow the fans to dream Obviously the cup successes go, yeah. go very much in favour of Stephen Robinson, Alex Ray um, Haven't managed to break the top six yet So that's clearly something they would be be looking to do But also when you dig a bit deeper That constant need to, to rebuild the squad and, and regenerate Eight months ago, almost to the day Ross County went to Fir Park in the cup And knocked Motherwell out And at that point things weren't looking, looking great, great yeah. for Stephen Robinson Eight months on, I think only Gillespie and Hartley survive from that team And it just shows you the constant Recycling to, 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 to recycle Yeah absolutely I think he's done a terrific job I think he's brought a lot of pace He's actually kind of Altered the style of play as well Obviously Curtis Main And Bowman have, have gone uh, And what they've done is They've brought players That are more technically gifted A lot more pace on the flanks And it seems to be working for them And, and uh, echo what uh, Hugh was saying there Alan Burrows 12 years Because the, the, the progression from him As well The club uh, The way they've gone With the fan base as well uh, Buying into the club The model uh, everything's going well for Motherwell Even when you talk about the pitch I've seen the pictures as well this morning That used to be a bog And you're thinking Oh god look at the nick of this place <laughs> So the whole club is on the yeah. the right trajectory and, and unfortunately you're right, absolutely right In terms of Stephen Robinson This Hearts was linked to him through the week But you know We're only five or six games in So you know Things can change And, and so you have to take a merit that as well Do I not recall uh, A young Craig Beattie Scoring in a 4-4 game For Park On, on what wasn't such a good pitch back then Yeah that wasn't particularly good that, that day um, I remember used to come to the end of the season And it, it used to be 
Well, Christmas time used to be a bog. You used to stand on it, and the, the mud would go up over your shins. Then you would get to the end of the season, it would just be a dry, bobbly mess. Um, but no, that particular day was Gordon Strachan's first league Is game. Is that when you come into your own beats when it's a bobbly aye, mess? Aye, <laughs> <laughs> that helps my first touch. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, managed managed to get the, the last goal in a four-four thriller. Just about forgiving you, uh, Stuart Kettlewell, the man uh, charged with spoiling Motherwell's day. They're obviously free scoring and pretty high in confidence as it stands just now. So we're under no illusions that it's going to be a, a real tough challenge for us. I think they've scored three goals in each of their last three games, which shows maybe that shift in that evolution in how they play. Um, and listen, we, we we admire it. We've obviously watched footage of how they've went about their business the last number of weeks, and they probably flew under the radar last Saturday with our with our game against Hearts because the focus goes on to the negative side, and people want to try and criticise Hearts and how they've played. Um, we are the complete opposite. We are we are having a look at what Motherwell have done, and um, they thoroughly deserved their victory. It has to be said. So we we must prepare our players for for what's going to be a, a real tough challenge. Of course, it's only the 21st of September, but Roger Hanna, you're watching two teams which most pundits predict will be in and about each other come the end of the season, and that makes today an absolute cracker, St Mirren and Hamilton. Yeah, I agree with you, Gordon. I was actually here about four months ago on a, on a sunny Monday night, St Mirren beat Aki's 2-0. Kel McAllister and Kel McGuinness got the goals after Alec Gogic had been sent off early on, and that was a crucial three points for Oren Kearney's Saints as they were then to grab that play off the lifeline against Dundee United. They won, they stayed up. There have been changes. Jim Goodwin's now in charge, as you know, but both teams, as you say, again, their sole focus is going to be on staying in this division for another season. Five weeks into the season, the Beach only had one win. St Mirren, they're down in 10, three points from that win here against Aberdeen. Aki's are only two places and one point better off. So if Goodwin's looking for a moment, it's nice and sunny, as you even said at the top of the show. It's a good day, but he's had to make three changes. It's a team that finished the defeat at Dingwall last week. Kurt Broadfoot will have the first start of his second spell with the club in for the concussed Gary McKenzie. Ilkay Durmus takes over from McAllister and Tony Andrew will take on, take on his own his old side I should say for the first time preferred to Jonathan Obika so Goodwin's gone with Vaslav Hladke in goal it's a back four of Paul McGinn Kirk Broadfoot Sean McLaughlin and Callum Waters four across the middle Kel McGinnis the skipper Ryan Flynn Sam Foley and Ilkay Durmus and then Tony Andrew will be just behind Junior Marias on the bench it's Lioness Bredner Jorkiev, McAllister, Mullen, Obika and Stephen McGinn. As for Aki's two changes from the side that lost at home to Celtic in the televised game last Saturday lunchtime. Defenders Sean Want and Marcus Fyotov dropped to the bench and that means a recall for Marius Ogumpo up top and the fifth again Aaron McGowan. So it'll be Owen Fawn Williams in goal. Back four of Aaron McGowan, Sam Stubbs, Brian Easton, the skipper, and Scott McMahon. Across the middle, Lewis Smith, Will Collar, Alec Gogic and Blair Olsen with Marius Agompo up top alongside George Oakley. On the bench, Southwood, Fjortoff, Davis Hughes, Beck, Moyo and Want. And the referee, David Munro this afternoon. And St Mirren have just confirmed in the last five minutes, Gordon, there will be a minute's silence before kick-off in memory of the life and career of the Rangers legend, Fernando Rickson. Well, let's hear from both managers then, starting with Jim Goodwin. You know, we're going into the game off the back of three narrow defeats, which is never ideal. You know, but I think the previous results could have easily been different. You know, I think there's just very fine margins in this league, and there's not a great deal between the teams, and that's what I felt, uh, particularly against Livingston and Ross County. I don't, I don't think there's a a whole lot between the teams. It's just on the day, and it's um, breaking the ball sometimes. And unfortunately, in the last couple of games, we haven't we haven't got that Hamilton. Very similar games, I think, to that of the Ross County and the Livingston one. So, 
you know, we'll, we'll go about it the way that we always do. We've prepared properly, obviously, during the week. We give Hamilton all the respect that they deserve. They're a, a well-organised, hard-working team. And yeah, I mean, it's it's obviously a, a big game. There's no doubt about it. Of course, it wasn't so long ago. Brian Rice was in the home dugout in Paisley. He's in the visiting one today. The biggest concern I've had in football is when you play the old firm and you put in a decent performance and get a few pats on the back. I'm talking about the players, I'm not talking about myself. It's getting them back down to earth very, very quickly and getting their mind on the next game. The Celtic games and Ranger games and the TB games, they get a lot of attention for people and they get a lot of phone calls and all this sort of stuff. But to me, the biggest threat is the next game. You know, I, always, I found that through in my career. You know, the next game after the old firm game is very, very important and you've got to get back to work really quickly. Mentally, I think they're strong. Physically, I know they're, they're good. But we need to keep working. It's, it's, it's work in progress and it's... Step by step But I want to get there A wee bit quicker now What about these fine margins For Jim Goodwin Roger Hanna He obviously beats Aberdeen And then loses The the following three games All by one goal There's not a lot wrong But ultimately You you need to stop the rot You need to stop Losing becoming a habit Yeah and there's a sense Of injustice among the St Mirren players That they had a perfectly good Goal disallowed up at Dingwall Last week They could have got them a point And this is the first I've seen St Mirren live this season Looking forward to it I'm hearing great things About Kyle McGuinness In the middle of the park um, he's been handed the captain's armband to Stephen McGinn out to start in the living and he seems to have embraced that additional responsibility and taking his performances to a new level. Uh, as for the Ackies, I saw them a couple of weeks ago when they drew 2-2 with Hearts at Tynecastle. They could, probably should, have won the game and I was actually impressed with the way Brian Rice has set them up. He went with the two big lads up front, Marisa Gompo, who's back in the team today, alongside George Oakley, who scored both the goals at Tynecastle. Young Lewis Smith's getting rave reviews in, in midfield as well. And Aaron McGowan, who, who drives them forward from that right-back position, missed the Celtic game through injury last week, back in the team today. And I think that'll be a bonus for Hamilton as well. Uh, eventually, eventually, I will get bored of calling Fraser Wishart our plastic pitch correspondent, but not yet, Fraser. There's a bit more mileage left in it, and you're watching Livingston against Aberdeen this afternoon. Yeah, plastic pitch and a nil-nil expert as well, <laughs> and sadly, both could come to fruition today. I think it's a lovely sunny day as everywhere else in Scotland here at Livingston, but uh, the pitch is has been watered and has been watered. But as you said earlier, that the artificial pitches they, they dry out very quickly. And that might make it a bit sticky and affect the quality of passing and play on the pitch. The two teams come here separated by the fact that Aberdeen have the better goal difference by one. And Aberdeen come here with a whole load of injury problems already without Scott McKenna, Ash Taylor, Scott Wright and Stephen Gleeson this week. Funso Ojo and Craig Bryson were added to that list out for one and three months respectively. I call it Aberdeen's size should and could cope with an injury list that length. But the problem is particularly short in midfield. And the responsibility will be on young Lewis Ferguson and even younger Dean Campbell in that area today. But Livingston also have players missing. Lyndon Dykes, the striker who's played very well so far this season, suspended after his red card at Ibrox last week. And Scott Pittman, one of their best players, has been missing for most of this season. He's really key to the way they play in that midfield area. Aberdeen problems though, on the park have been scoring goals. And if Sam Cosgrove doesn't score, you ask the question, who does? The likes of McGinn, Hedges, Gallagher, all expected to pitch in. Along with Curtis Main, who surprisingly starts up front in place of Stephen, uh, sorry, Sam Cosgrove who is on the bench today and with London Dykes out Livingston attacking play will have to change more from the midfield players in attacking third Aberdeen could do with a win after an inconsistent start this season just to keep in touch with the teams at the top end of the table but I see a tight low scoring match ahead the team's one change from the team at Ibrox that is the suspended Dykes out and replaced by Scott Robinson out front Ross Stewart's in goals are back for Nicky Devlin Ricky Lamy John Guthrie and Jack McMillan in midfield Keegan Jacobs Marvin Bartley and Robbie Crawford with Stephen Lawless and Chris Erskine in the wide areas with Scott Robinson as the main striker Matija Sarkic 
Ceci Pepe, Steve Lawson, Craig Sibbald, Jack Stobbs, Iman Souda and Scott Tiffany are on the bench. For Aberdeen, surprise, Cosgrove is on the bench and Curtis Main is in. Joe Lewis is in goals. Back four of Zach Viner, Michael Devlin, Andy Considine and Greg Lee. In midfield, two of Lewis Ferguson and Dean Campbell with John Gallagher, Niall McGinn and Ryan Hedges behind Curtis Main. The subs, Thomas Cherney, Shea Logan, Connor Barron, James Wilson, Connor McLennan, Bruce Anderson and Sam Cosgrove. And the referee today at Livingston is Nick Walsh. And what an effort this is Stephen Mill is practically a time traveller He was on air just before we came on With Super Scoreboard He's already made his way somehow To Firhill for Partick Thistle Against them Fermlin It's perhaps a bit early Stephen To be uh, focusing on the on the basement battle But that's the reality And of course the, the subplot of Thistle Being without a manager as well Yeah exactly It's been uh, a massive week for Partick Thistle I got here in time by the way I borrowed your Ferrari Gordon That's what it is They're paying you too much (laughs) Uh, So yeah it's been a massive week here at Thistle Gary Caldwell losing his job Uh, No wins this season And uh, it was the back end of last season It was the final game of the season actually They got their final win uh, Under Gary Caldwell And he bit the bullet this week In similar circumstances Stevie Crawford is on a sugarly peg as well There is no wins for Dunfermline Since March Which is quite incredible So it's not looking good for both teams really and it's a massive match as you say you're only five matches into the season but it's already looking like a relegation six pointer so Jerry Britton and veteran striker Kenny Miller they take charge for the team today for Partick Thistle and uh, as I mentioned Dunfermline under Stevie Crawford they make a couple of changes as well but I'll get to the home team first two changes for them it's Gordon in for Robson and Bannigan in for Palmer after last week's draw with our broth uh, last Friday night on the telly so it's Scott Fox and goals Kakai McGinty Ware and Penrice are back four then in midfield we've got Zanata, Bannigan Gordon, Cardo, former Dunfermline player Joe Cardo, he'll be looking to uh, uh, put one over on his old team I'm sure, then Reese Cole and the benefits of being a joint manager albeit temporary, is you get to play yourself up front so Kenny Miller starts up front for Partick Thistle, two changes for the Pars as well, Cammy Gill keeps his place in goal, back four of Comrie Martin Ashcroft and Josh Edwards the recent signing from Airdrie Ryan Dow comes back into the team after a period out injured then it's Paul Payton and Kyle Turner Greg Kilty remains on the left hand side he is a loan signing from Kilmarnock of course and then Kevin Nisbet and Gabby McGill are up front McGill in uh, from last week as well it was a 1-0 defeat to Inverness the today's referee is Ewan Anderson and just like everywhere else across Scotland it is a glorious afternoon here at Firhill yes what a day get yourself out and watch a game if you can listen to Clyde One Super Scoreboard on your way that's you up to speed with the teams then four big fixtures that we are focusing on today Motherwell, Ross County St Mirren, Hamilton Livingston, Aberdeen and in the Championship Partick, Thistle, Dunfermline the top team are around the grounds we'll bring them in we'll look back on another busy week in Scottish football next Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors the form team for compensation for more than 40 years talk to thompsons.com Hugh Keevans, Craig Beattie and Alex Ray join me Gordon Duncan in the studio the sun is shining we've got a fantastic fixture card to look forward to this afternoon and three big games to preview tomorrow as well we've already given you a preview and the team news from our four featured matches this afternoon so let's bring in the guys around the grounds and as we always do at this time on a Saturday look back on some of the week's biggest talking points it's hard to look beyond relative old firm success in Europe Hugh Keevans I think both did all that could have been asked of them Uh, I thought Celtic were unfortunate not to get a second penalty in Wren it was a better penalty than the one they were given Mm. Uh, and the referee had a very very poor night sending off Bio uh, was almost farcical Um, but it was a good result you know 
Down south today Brendan Rodgers Leicester have beaten Spurs And Brendan Rodgers Goes second top of the table It might only last Until five o'clock But credit where it's due However Neil Lennon By his team's display Showed that he is No downgrade On Brendan Rodgers And Celtic's uh, Approach to the game I thought was first class Likewise Rangers uh, They should have been Three up By half time Doesn't matter They got the result In the end and it was a highly charged night for the players because on the day after Fernando Rickson passes away, you cannot let down the Rangers fans by not winning and dedicating the victory to Fernando Rickson. They came through for the supporters and for Fernando Rickson with their display against Feyenoord. Roger Hanna, we'll look at those games individually in a second, but if we take them as a, a collective can we slowly but surely start to get excited about the way our coefficient may be heading? Um, yeah, I'm sure that was the first thing the Rangers and Celtic fans were discussing <laughs> in the way out the stadiums on Thursday night. Gordon, this is really good for the coefficient. <laughs> I, I know the point you make, but in match day one, you need to get positive results. You need to win your home games. You need to at least draw your away games to keep a bit of life in, in the group you know for Rangers I think three of their next four games are away from Ibrox so had they not picked up maximum points against Feyenoord they would have been up against it straight away now they have a realistic chance of going through Celtic same as they did in the old UEFA Cup group a few years ago 1-1 and Ren. It's, it's a decent result Ren were decent but they were no more than that and, and in those five minutes added on there was only one team was going to win the game for me and it wasn't Ren. so I think both Stephen Gerrard and Neil Lennon will be pleased with the starts they've made to their sections and there's no one in either section that would really really terrify you so no reason why they can't build on this and look to get to the last 32 and Fraser Wisher the key obviously is not to get carried away but as Roger mentions you've had a look at one of the teams from, from Celtic's group close up one of the teams from Rangers group close up and then you assess the, the other fixtures from the group if you like it, it doesn't at this moment and I'll stress that in case things change it doesn't at this moment seem like they're is a great deal to fear. Or, or no, I don't think there the is. Uh, well, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think we've got to be positive, Gordon. I, I don't think there is a lot to fear. I think uh, Celtic and Rangers are as, are as good as those teams in their group, but there's still a bit of work to be done because when you've got a group where there's four teams, perhaps on a pretty level playing field, then uh, results can go can go either way. There could be strange results, for example. But uh, you know, it, it, we tend to judge the early season our game on did Celtic qualify for the Champions League and it's always a bit of a blow when they don't but when they do qualify for the Champions League we know they can't compete against the bigger bigger clubs so it really is just almost a financial basis and of course attracting the younger the younger players uh, sorry the bigger teams along to try and get some um, uh, to try and get some some supporters in there but I think our level is let's make the best of it Europa League qualify the Champions League brilliant but the games against Feyenoord the games against Rennes you know, these are good teams. They qualify through through the league in uh, France, the league in Holland. They are not dirt leagues and just small teams from smaller leagues. So I think we should celebrate performances, but keep keep the feet in the ground and let's hope they can both do equally as well as they did last year, if not better, get into the last 32, last 16. And a big thanks to your colleague in the press box who's so loud that we now know that uh, Nick Walsh is, is not the referee. <laughs> was, that, was that the gist of what I could hear uh, in the yes, background? Yes, Nick Walsh has, has been... Uh, it says Colin Stephen on the team sheet. But I didn't say it was Nick Walsh because I knew. He didn't need to shout down the biggest one. I knew already. Fraser, does this man know he's shouting over the head of PFA Scotland? <laughs> I will um, chastise him later, Hugh, once I'm off here. I will have a word in his ear. 
Uh, Alex Ray, let's look at some of them individually then. The, the Rangers' victory against yeah. Feyenoord, what did you make of that? What in particular stood out for you? Yeah, uh, I went along to see the game, Gordon, and obviously Hughes touched upon it about the emotional uh, response prior to, to kick off and, and the minutes applause and so forth. And uh, uh, it was a brilliant performance considering I thought there was a really high tempo. And I think for teams like Rangers, they have to really do it at home. I think when you travel abroad, it becomes a lot more difficult. Uh, it's important to go off to a winning start and I agree with you it could have been 3 or 4 in the first half and it was so encouraging and if I'm being super critical they have to be more clinical because as the game was wearing on you think I've seen this movie before and Feyenoord were just growing into the game but they managed to see it over the line and again that's uh, an important result for them and it sets them up nicely for some of the the ties I think Roger touches upon it as well there I know 3 out of the next 4 away from home try and nick some points on the road we gave the supporters a performance to be proud of. It's been a, an emotional 24 hours for everyone connected to the club, so that put more pressure on the players. Everyone was looking for that performance for, for Fernando's young family to be proud of, and thankfully we got the win, and I thought my players were outstanding, especially first half. I thought we carried the game plan out really, really well. The idea was to play with energy and really press on the front foot and be aggressive and try and take them to a place where they're probably not used to going. Certainly, from a domestic point of view, I thought that worked very well to half-time and slightly disappointed not to go in at the break uh, further in front. I thought Feyenoord improved second half, uh, kept the ball a lot better, uh, and I thought when we won it back, we kept giving it back to Feyenoord, uh, so we didn't really get much chance to breathe. But I think over the course of the 90 minutes, I don't think anyone can take the three points away from us. I thought we deserved it. I thought the fans were fantastic, and um, it's very fitting uh, at the moment. Yeah, there's, I think there's a lot of managers when you listen to their, their post, post-match interview and I, I touched on this last week I think some of the stuff that they say to the press um, is not quite accurate I think they have different conversations but listen to Stephen Gerrard I love listening to Gerrard I think you get it very, very honest from him very straight and I think he reads the game particularly well and I agreed with you know everything that he said there yeah, I've just got to say, Alec, what, what do you think about Barisic and Helander then? Well, it's, it's interesting because I was on the, the show a couple of weeks ago questioning Barisic, Hugh, in terms of did he have the heart, the kind of character to see out these games. Yeah, and it looks to, a hunger I, issue at well, times. Well, well, I've got to be honest with you, Beats. See, the other night watching him, every time he got the ball, he was looking to drive forward. If the guy who was his opposition player was blotting off the line, he was happy to go to check inside and go and probe. For me, that is exactly what you're looking for this guy because they're clearly pedigree there and I think that's a frustrating thing. They're, they've been crying out for a left back for a while now. This guy's got an abundance. He's even going 1v1 duels in the final third and he was getting balls into the box resulting in uh, corners and so forth. So for me, that is a benchmark. That's what you're actually looking for him. And I thought in terms of Hellander, well, you look at a guy who played against East Fife and you think, right, okay, the, the level and things were the greatest respect him. But... On the night, I thought he was absolutely excellent because it is a massive jump with the, the, the quality of player. You know, Gordon touched on the, the coefficient. The coefficient is a bookkeeping exercise, but the emotion of it all for Rangers and Celtic, terrific performances. Celtic, unlucky not to win in France, and you wouldn't have forecast that ahead of the game kicking off. Now, we have to keep our feet on the ground, not assume that both clubs will qualify from their group but know inside that they have the ability to do so. Did the Fernando Rickson factor add anything emotionally, Alex? Do you think can it give players an extra spring in their step? What, what was it like being there? You obviously came on the show with us yeah. um, on Wednesday night and, and shared a lot of your, your great memories. The outpouring of emotion and the tributes has been incredible over the last yeah. few days. What, 
What did that add to the the, I, the, the game the other night? I, I, I think when you listen to the players post match, Gordon, they were they were very much conscious of the fact, you know, of the passing, the emotion, it all went with it. I said on the Wednesday night, it was important that these players really knuckled down mentally because a lot of these guys wouldn't have known Fernando personally, but they've obviously seen a young guy who loses his life so young, and I thought it was an opportunity for them to go and get a result, and then ultimately that's exactly what they did. And I think Ojo kind of dedicated he's seen his celebration he was looking up to the heavens and it was a very fitting uh, evening Gordon because the way it worked was when you look along to the west the sky was orange it was amazing and uh, I think it was pretty, the whole night was a, a brilliant uh, occasion uh, Roger Hanna perhaps with regards to Celtic the biggest compliment you can pay them and, and Hughes just alluded to it is that th- there will be a, or there can be a genuine disappointment that, that they didn't go on and win the game such as the, the level of comfort they had within it Go back a couple of weeks I'm sure everyone Would have settled for a draw um, But having watched The 90 minutes Celtic could well have won it Well they could well have won it And I think we'll all agree It's to be hoped That after six games Celtic don't look back On that night in rain And, and wish they had Taken the three points I agree with Fraser I think there'll be Some strange results I thought Kludge 2 Lazio 1 Was the first of the Strange results in the group But it maybe just shows Lazio aren't the top seeds that maybe some of us thought they were so Celtic at home next to Cluj they owe them one after that bizarre 4-3 Champions League game and if they can get the win in a couple of weeks at Celtic Park four points from six would be an acceptable haul I would have said for Celtic It's a great start for us you know you always want more um, but I think after you know we scored we sort of came off it a little bit we saw the game out comfortably um, I'm not happy about um the sending off and I'm not happy about the we should have had another penalty a clear penalty on the foul on Ryan Christie however I've got to be satisfied to come away from home and play very strongly against a good side you know it um, speaks volumes for the character and the quality of the team we uh, pride ourselves on our in-team discipline yes we lost the player to a red card but we feel really harshly done by and I think the players acquitted themselves again brilliantly and they're you know, testing circumstances, you know, with the, the volume going up in the crowd and, you know, their bench getting a little bit vociferous as well. But we kept our composure very well. And like I said, it's a great start to the group. Uh, Fraser, wish we watched the game in here on Thursday night. And, and Neil Lennon mentioned Ryan Christie there. He was involved scoring Celtic's goal from the penalty spot. How important is he becoming? Because we've seen over the last couple of months the impact he's having domestically, but he's now even in, in the European arena, uh, sort of. Cementing his place as one of Celtic's main men. Yeah, Tom Rogic has got a fight to get uh, that's a number ten position back because Christie's been out, been outstanding. He, he looked like he was on his way out in August of 2018, where the teams were looking to get him on loan in England and in Scotland, and uh, he wasn't anywhere near the first team. And then all of a sudden, he was back. You know, he wasn't allowed to leave on loan. He was back in the squad, playing really well, and was rewarded with a, with a really good long term contract. So uh, he deserves everything he gets. He's, he's a great lad, Ryan. But he's improved beyond belief in the last year, I think. Just the maturity and come, watching Aberdeen here when he was on loan to Aberdeen, I think that was a terrific move because it just gave him that level to play consistently, play week in, week out for a big club at Premier League level because he, he, if he stayed at Celtic, he wasn't going to get a chance. And he now looks like a mainstay for, for Scotland as, as well. And the link-up play in the first half with Edward and, and Forrest, some of the one-touch stuff just flips around the corner, going and linking the play. Didn't quite come off on a number of occasions, but... He's becoming a key, key player, and uh, Tom Rogic, if he's going to get his place back in the team, and he's signed a long-term contract as well, he's certainly got a battle in his hands. Uh, and Roger Hanna, even though Celtic were pretty good, there was a lot of positives you, c- you can always learn, and I guess the one learning experience would be for your pal Big Chris, 
Um, made a, a bit of a, a rare error for him in the first half and a, a, a glaring one you have to say yeah and it will be a learning process I think people were surprised about it because of the improvement in him as a defender you need to remember when Ronnie Dyla brought him to the football club he, he was in as a central midfield player and he's, he's been converted Brendan Rodgers did a lot of work with him Neil Lennon John Kennedy in particular have done a lot of work in his defending and he's still a very young man and young men are, are prone to making mistakes at the back you could see how annoyed he was with himself Gordon that he made the error when, when he sort of tugged back and then tugged down and by Niang for that penalty in the first half on, on Thursday night but he will learn from it um, he's learning and developing at quite an admirable rate for a young man and no one will have been more annoyed about the decision in the penalty than he will himself I think that's us We can leave that one there For the meantime We've been looking back On the, the biggest stories Of the week Or certainly the latter part Of the week With Celtic and Rangers uh, In Europe But we're going to go back Around the grounds next And build up to the Three o'clock kickoffs. Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors They play to win Every time Talk to Thompson's.com Motherwell Ross County St Mirren Hamilton Livingston Aberdeen And Partick Thistledom Fairland Are featured matches This afternoon Alex Ray Craig Beattie and Hugh Keevans in the studio with me, Gordon Duncan, this afternoon. Uh, I must say, it won't be this in a couple of months' time, but we are envious of the top mm. team around the grounds oh. today, Hugh, uh, because the sun is shining, and what a day it is to watch some football. Let's go back to Fraser Wisher. He's at Livingston against Aberdeen. Uh, and this links back, Fraser, to something that Andrew McLean said earlier on. W- what about the the overall strength of the league this season? Because... The, the Motherwells of the world think that they can perhaps push on Not only because they're doing well But because Hibs look weak Hearts look weak Aberdeen perhaps haven't quite got going yet You assume Kilmarnock aren't going to be quite the force they were last season Because they set the bar so high Yeah, I, I think I think you're right I think below the old firm there's a, bit, a bigger gap than there has been for, for a few years Aberdeen did so well for a number of years To keep going and keep the challenge to Celtic on their own in the last couple of years Hibs have been up there as well but uh, having seen both Hibs and Hearts this season they're no great shakes and uh, they really have their own problems to, to seek as you, as you know for this big game tomorrow and Aberdeen have been much the same on paper Aberdeen look good you know, I like the signs that Dan McInnes made in the summertime but they just seem to lack a number 10 who can go and just take the ball and create they've got players like uh, I think right, Niall McGinn's going to play in there they've got Hedges, Gallagher all very pacey all very, all very quick and I think that Mother will look a strong team, you know, and I think below the old firm there's not much between all the teams this, this year. So it will be interesting to see how far Mother will can progress. Still very early. I mean the league doesn't settle down till certainly after the first round of games, eleven, twelve games, then you begin to see where people are in, in the in the league because it's a bit stop start at the beginning of the season, you get the League Cup, then you get one or two international fixtures as well, where you play two or three games, then there's a break again. Once you get into October, November, then October, November, then that's when you begin to realise what's going to take shape. I think there'll be a big gap between the old firm this year and uh, and, and, and the rest. And for Motherwell, they can keep pushing on and they've got every chance of doing well. As of Livingston as well. Livingston, you know, start seeing, I thought they'd go down. But seen, seen them a couple of times this year and they're strong and they're well organised and they're full of endeavour with one or two bits of quality sprinkled around the team and you never know they could have another good season as well so much to play for for the, for the, the 10 below the old firm Fraser I take your point we're, we're discussing a snapshot of the season and not the full picture but Aberdeen and Livingston it's quite remarkable played five both have won twice both have drawn twice both have lost once the only thing that separates them is that Aberdeen's goal difference is plus three and Livy's plus two you wouldn't have thought that they could be so close together well yes and it is early and you're, you're looking at that and I think Aberdeen will be disappointed and Livingston delighted and, and they're on the, the same points because Livingston 
who knows what was going to happen because they lost their, their goalkeeper, they lost their Craig Halkett as well, they lost Declan Gallagher, so that was a big crux of, of, of the, their success last season. And Aberdeen, as I said, I think signed well, but their inconsistency, you know, in that period of play, uh, games when they, they couldn't score a goal. And I wonder why that why Cosgrove's not in the team, but maybe it's to say to Curtis May and the rest of them, listen, you guys need to step up to the mark here. You need to start scoring some goals. Because every week, week in, week out, when, when the goal flash comes in and it's Aberdeen, you just think that it must be Sam Cosgrove. And you can't go through a season like Aberdeen and challenge at the top end of the table, where they should be. They should be challenging, certainly closer to the old term, challenge for third. Uh, but they're not going to do that if, if nobody else other than Sam Cosgrove scores. Well, I must say, Fraser, you actually caused Alex Ray to move quicker than he's moved in about 15 years because when you mentioned that he wasn't playing, you should have seen the, the turn of pace for Alex to get him out of his fantasy football team just in the nick of time. Team. Uh, it's all he's about obsessed. you, Alex. He's obsessed. Oh. Uh, let's Ten hear. grand, Fraser. Ten grand, son. <laughs> uh, let's hear from Derek McInnes speaking this week. He also said that it was the worst injury period he's had as the Aberdeen manager here are his pre-match thoughts they've started uh, very well again similar to last season Livingston you know they had that new promotion kind of bounce and got off to a brilliant start and very strong at home and they've been that again you know I think a lot of the qualities that they used to get results last year um, are still in evidence and you know you've got to applaud them for that and they've lost some key players but um, Gary's brought in some um, uh, good uh, reinforcements and the squad looks very strong so I think a uh, tough game I think it's always that bit tougher when it's away from home and on the, on the Astro but no we, we feel expect a tough match sometimes you've got to go and fight fire with fire down there and, but we know what to expect and uh, no, they deserve all the plaudits they get Livingston This seems like a landmark date for Park Andrew McLean uh, it's a 400th appearance for Michael Gardine Hugh Keevans told us it's 12, 12 years, years to the yeah. day since Alan Burrows started working for Mull- it's Keith Lasley's 40th birthday the Muller assistant are, are we missing anything or is it <laughs> all about the football after that I, I think you've pretty much covered it, it there great. but yeah it uh, comes down to the to the football but no I'm, I'm, I'm certainly looking forward to this one I mean you look at the way that Motherwell have gone about their last three games in particular and you know they had that 3-1 win against Hamilton which was maybe helped by the fact that Hamilton got an early red card in that one but they did get wins against both Edinburgh sides scored three goals in both the games I know that there's a lot of sort of animosity with those two clubs at the moment but they still had to go there they had to get the results I was here for the 3-0 game against Hibs and for all that Hibs didn't look great Motherwell looked very impressive and you know especially in those wide areas that you've got Sherwin Sadoff and you've got James Scott as well and I think people forget just how young James Scott is I think he came through as more of a striker but he's been playing out in the, the right hand side very physical he, he loves the battle he, he gets himself about and it's maybe just that number nine position that's that's the one that's missing for Motherwell so far that they've not found that consistent goal scorer they've tried Chris Long in there Devontae Cole seems to be the one that's getting more of a run in there now but I think Stephen Robinson isn't too worried about that because you know you look at the the good form they had last season when uh, you know towards the end of the season when they were winning games it was Curtis Main that was playing in that role and and, you know he he was more of a sort of hold-up player he brought others into play and maybe that's what he's looking for for, from that position but when you've got the likes of Liam Donnelly, Sherwin Sadoff, Jermaine Hilton all pitching in with goals then I'm sure he's got plenty of confidence that, that they can go out and you know could they score another three today and make, make it four games in a row? You never know. And then you look at this Ross County side, they've actually got quite a few young, exciting players. Ewan Henderson on loan from, from Celtic, who's a, a very good vo- ball player. Harry Payton is 
made himself undroppable really with his performances in the last couple of weeks. One player in particular as well I've been impressed with this season, Ross Stewart up front, he's a big physical presence and I think a lot of people thought if Ross County were going to have success in the Premiership this season that it would be Billy Mackay that would be the one grabbing the goals but Ross Stewart's got, got seven goals, he, he started in non-league, he got the move to St Mirren, he, he got released by them but he, you know, he, had, he had a spell at Alawa on loan where he did alright, he, he was good last season for, for Ross County in the Championship but he's really kicked on and I think that sort of little and large combo between Ross Stewart and, and Billy Mackay really seems to be working well. Seven goals for Ross Stewart so far this season so I will say now, I think there will be goals in this one, but just wait for a, a Fraser Wishart nil-nil by, by the full time. Uh, St Mirren against Hamilton's watched by Roger Hanna and Roger, these teams are in similar positions in the sense that St Mirren took plaudits for, for limiting Rangers to a 1-0 uh, victory for them. Last week, Hamilton Aki's managing to keep Celtic and, and make things a bit uncomfortable for them. As everyone knows, though, the, the reality of, of their challenge is to do against each other to, to, to try and get points off the teams round about you and that's what faces them both this afternoon yeah of course it does these are the real six pointers for the likes of St Mirren and Hamilton they're going to be in the, not just the bottom six they're probably going to be in the bottom three or four come the end of the season and if either team can get maximum points this afternoon it will be a huge bonus for them this early in the season St Mirren's problems have been scoring goals I looked at the 18 man squad here that Jim Goodwin's selected 5 goals between them this season nobody's got more than a single goal they'll need to do something about that otherwise they're going to be stuck right down at the bottom all season long Aki's they've got a goal scorer George Oakley couple of goals against Hearts at time Carthos we mentioned earlier on he looks a handful Brian Rice works with him up in Inverness Brian Rice, like, Brian Rice likes him leading the line and, and for me just looking at the two teams this afternoon there looks to be more of a goal threat from Hamilton Aki's the away team and you know it's going to be a big afternoon for some minute and maybe for Kurt Broadfoot in particular back at Central Defence he wanted out of Kilmarnock didn't get on with Angelo Alessio you might have heard um, managed to get himself a move and he's in there Gary McKenzie out with concussion after a, a nasty knock at Dingwall last week Broadfoot in with Sean McLaughlin and having seen Oakley in a gompo as a pairing a couple of weeks ago I think Broadfoot and McLaughlin might just have their hands full this afternoon uh, Thank you very much to Roger Hanna into the Championship Partick Thistle welcomed him Fairman and Stephen Mill is keeping an eye on that one for us Stephen we don't know who the new Partick Thistle manager is going to be so he may well be there he may well be watching and if he is then a chance for these Thistle players to, to show what they can do and uh, get in his thoughts early on yeah, exactly, and uh, obviously there's been lots of rumours. I think Danny Lennon uh, was the one who's been mentioned the most, the Clyde manager at this moment in time. I know quite a few Partick Thistle supporters. Uh, they were absolutely, mostly cock-a-hoop when Gary Caldwell uh, got the sack during the week. Uh, I think it was Chris Dolan's testimonial last Sunday, and I think that sort of brought it into focus. Obviously, he was unsorry, unceremoniously. Sorry, he, he was binned at the end of last season, and uh, it wasn't very fitting of someone who has been there for a very long time and was a fantastic servant to Partick Thistle so I think there was a lot of resentment in the Partick Thistle support for Chris Dillon's departure and towards Gary Caldwell so yeah all eyes on who is going to be in charge going forward today it is Chief Executive Jerry Britton and Kenny Miller who starts up front today and Dunfermline as well are on a very very poor run of form you look at the championship table it is a clash of the bottom two so it's going to be a nervy one today the sprinklers are out on the pitch it is looking perfect hopefully there's a few goals but it's going to be a nervy one here at Fir Hill uh, Hugh Keevans I can't remember which pundit raised it during the week is, is your old pal Jerry Britton trying to out Craig Levine Craig Levine by right. being manager player chief executive add as many titles well, to the list I'm as you wish I'm quite sure Jerry would be happy to get rid of the manager title as quickly as possible 
Partick Thistle It's serious time Because They've had an 18 month long Downward spiral They've gone from the top 6 In the Premiership To joint bottom Of the Championship That is one Heck of a drop And it That decline Has to be arrested And it has to start today And I You know If it is Danny Lennon Former Partick Thistle player Much loved by the Partick Thistle fans I think he'd be a good idea Well the scene is set We've got some fantastic fixtures for you this afternoon Motherwell, Ross County, Livy Aberdeen and St Mirren Hamilton in the top flight Partick Thistle against them Fairman is our featured match in the Championship And don't forget tomorrow as well Three massive games How will Celtic and Rangers cope uh, after their European exploits? Will there be a European hangover? Will they uh, continue their decent run of form? And of course the Edinburgh Derby How can you avoid it? Two managers who say they're not under pressure Everyone else thinks they're under pressure <laughs> It should be a fantastic afternoon in the capital as well But let's keep our attentions on today's football The kickoffs are coming next Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors Compensation you deserve When there's been foul play Talk to Thompson's.com It is full time now, sorry, from Fir Park Andrew McLean Motherwell 1, Ross County 2 The full time score from Far Park And Stevens Robinson side They'll feel that they've shot themselves in the foot here As a late Ross Stewart goal Turned the whole game on its head There was early chances for both sides As Jake Carroll fired a free kick just over for Motherwell A minute later Billy Mackay headed just wide From a Ewan Henderson free kick James Scott he then came close for the home side. He was in the box. He was on the right-hand side. He was on the turn, but he dragged it just wide of the mark. Motherwell then thought they'd gone ahead after Declan Gallagher headed in from a, a long throw, but referee Alan Muir says he pushed a defender in the process and a free kick was given. It was Stephen Robinson's side that had looked the most likely to break the deadlock, and they finally managed it an hour in. Devontae Cole breaking through the midfield. He played it to James Scott at the edge of the box. He had his back to go. A first-time layoff back to Alan Campbell, and he made no mistake. Edge of the box, as cool as you like, opened his body left-footed, stroked at home into the bottom corner for 1-0. James Scott then had a couple of chances to make it 2-0. He threatened two chances in quick succession. The first blocked by Liam Fontaine. The follow-up effort was well saved by Ross Laidlaw. With 15 minutes to go, Ross County then managed to grab an equaliser. Michael Gardine with a great run to the edge of the box, a reverse through ball to Brian Graham. He opened his body and curled it past Mark Gillespie and into the back of the net. And I think the last thing Motherwell needed at that point was a moment of madness from one of their players and then that's what came from Jake Carroll he'd just been booked for a challenge on Ross Stewart and a minute later the same player another foul and the home side down to 10 men with just 10 minutes to go and they were made to pay for that with just 2 minutes left a deep cross from the left hand side from Richard Foster it found the inform Ross Stewart at the back post his speciality he got his head on it past Mark Gillespie and at the death they managed to grab all 3 points in this one at Fur Park Ross County now draw level on 10 points with Mark in the league after their late collapse full time from Fur Park as Motherwell 1 Ross County 2 and your super scoreboard man of the match the super scoreboard man of the match for me it's, it's a tough one really because for, for long spells of the game Motherwell looked the better side and it looked as if they would go on to, to win it but I'd have to go for Michael Gardine actually it was just the way that, that he managed you know, his, his 400th appearance and it was that, that goal that really sparked him into life he picked up the ball he drove through and he looked lively he was really positive every single time he got on the ball, Michael Gardine. So in his 400th appearance, I'll give him the Super Scoreboard Man of the Match. We had late drama at the Spaghetti Had Livingston against Aberdeen. Fraser Wishart. We did Livingston nil, Aberdeen two. Not a classic. The second half in particular was poor, but Dons go back up the road with three points. And the supporters, although they're applauding, around me at times were showing their frustration towards their team, especially in that second half. But they've got the three points. The goal in 30 minutes by Andrew Constantine and a last gas penalty 
they substitute Sam Cosgrove for the difference Lewis a couple of chances early on Steve Lawless brilliantly set up Scott Robinson at the back heel and Julius spread himself to save and a couple of minutes later Tessie Estes had done better and shoot narrowly over when through inside the penalty box 18 yards out Erskine also missed kicked in front of goal just in half time and set up by Marvin Bartley but the goal came in the half hour simple goal Ryan Hedges on the left hand side out swinging corner Andrew Constantine first to the ball got his foot to it and from six yards out the ball crept into the back of the net at the near post scrappy but they all count Erskine was off at half time but the second half was really scrappy riddled with misplaced passes and free kicks no quality from anybody on the pitch on the ball and it took until the 70th minute for a chance at either end Aberdeen defence couldn't clear a lawless cross Robbie Crawford was first onto the loose ball and it was brilliantly blocked by Michael Devlin Jack Stobbs then hit a team 25 yard effort was easily collected by Lewis little of any quality anywhere nothing from Aberdeen in attack their goal came from the only shot on target and as the game wore on they sat deeper and deeper Livy pressuring them towards the end but despite all the efforts Livingston couldn't get what would have been a deserved point to be honest and it was uh, Aberdeen who dropped up the points in the final seconds on the break as Livingston pushed forward Liam again played in right as Sam Cosgrove Cosgrove was filled inside the box by Lamy and the big striker stepped up to send Stewart the wrong way. Full time at Tony Macaroni Stadium and my man in the match is super scoreboard man in the match is Stephen Lawless Livingston attacking player who's only player really with any creative intent on the pitch despite being in the losing team. Full time at Tony Macaroni Stadium, Livingston nil, Aberdeen 2 It's finished between Partick Thistle and Dunfermline, Stephen Milt yeah, it's Partick Thistle, nil, Dunfermline, three, an absolute cruise for the Fifers. Nisbet Dow and Turner means that they are along the road with all three points and it lifts them off the bottom of the championship table and replaced by Partick Thistle. It was a dire performance by Thistle, all things told. First half, it was all Dunfermline. Kevin Nisbet could have had a hat-trick. He almost got one after five minutes, went close with a header. He had to wait until the 22nd to go in front, though, and it was a great goal. Dow and Conray combining down the right-hand side, cut back to Nisbet, and he slotted low home into the corner away from Scott Fox. Then, just a few minutes later, Ryan Dow scored what will be one of the goals of the weekend, if you can catch it on the highlight on YouTube then please go and check it out he picks up the ball on the near touchline on the right hand side and about midway into the Partick Thistle half he sort of skewers his way through the Partick Thistle defence going past about three or four Thistle defenders and slots it low home past Scott Fox as well so it was 2-0 at the break and you thought well it's a big half time team talk for Jerry Britton he's the temporary manager himself and Kenny Miller but it all went to pot three minutes after half time because Dunferman extended their lead it was Kyle Turner and it all came from good work from Lewis McCann he actually fresh aired the shot Lewis McCann he was a half time substitute for Dunferman but he managed to gain control of it again lay it back to Kyle Turner and it took a deflection and again ended up in the back of Scott Fox's net after that it was more like a pre-season friendly Dunfermline were so comfortable Partick Thistle did not have a shot on target the entire match Cammy Gill would have been as well wearing his slippers and smoking a cigar in goals for all he had to do and it was a terrible performance by Partick Thistle my Clyde's one super scoreboard man of the match has to be from Dunfermline it was the old man from Partick Kevin Nisbet who was a thorn in the side of Thistle all day but the final score here at an empty for how long before the final whistle it's Partick Thistle nil, Dunfermline Athletic 3. St Mirren and Hamilton's now finished as well, Roger Hanna. St Mirren nil, Hamilton Ackies nil, and the Ackies dig in for a well-deserved point despite playing the last 40 minutes of the game with 10 men after George Oakley.
completes dismissal. Simmons started brightly. Kel McGuinness flashed a shot from an angle on the right into the side, netting after four minutes. Junior Marais had a chance five minutes later, but it was a wild effort, way off target. 20 minutes, and Aki Stryker Oakley had his first booking. Referee David Monroe flashing a yellow card for a late challenge on Ryan Flynn in the centre circle. It was almost our own goal in his second debut for Saints after 24 minutes for Kurt Broadfoot as he intervened to divert Marius Ogompo's cross just wide of his own post. Broadfoot was in action at the other end three minutes later. He reached a cross from McGuinness but his header looped into the arms of Aki's goalkeeper Owen Fawn Williams. Three minutes before the break, a through ball by Sam Foley to Moriath. He went down under the challenge of Aki's captain Brian Easton in the box but referee Monroe rightfully waved away half-hearted appeals. Aki's almost snatched the lead just before the break, a corner on the right from Blair Alston, headed wide at the near post by Oakley, but he got it all wrong four minutes into the second half. A second booking, this time for a foul on big Sean McLaughlin, so Aki's go down to ten men. McLaughlin almost broke a terrible stalemate after 52 minutes, firing off target from distance. McGuinness, he then came in off the left and flashed a shot wide of the post after 68, but St Mirren for the long stage were devoid of any real creativity, any real attacking threat to bring out more saves from Fawn Williams. And it was Vaslav Flatke in the same score that was forced into a save 12 minutes from time, pushing out a fierce drive from Blair Olsen from 25 yards. There was a bit of late pressure, there was a couple of corners from St Mirren, but nothing that Fawn Williams and his centre-halves couldn't deal with. Super scoreboard man in a match, one of those centre-halves, Aki skipper Brian Easton, very rarely troubled, moved into a central role, coasted through it alongside Sam Stubbs. He'll be very pleased with a clean sheet. Brian Rice will be very pleased with a point and he's returned to Paisley. St Mirren nil, Hamilton Aki's nil. And that's us for another Saturday on the field. But it's your chance to have your say. Get off your chest, whatever's been annoying you all afternoon. So let's do it. 01419511025. Some suggestions, perhaps Partick Thistle fans. You must be beside yourself. You don't have a manager. There's uncertainty in the air. You've gone bottom. You've lost 3-0 at home to Dunfermline. Give us a call right now. Let us know how you saw it this afternoon Where did it go wrong uh, What next on the managerial front And can you still turn this season around 01419511025 Motherwell fans as well It looked good You seem to have chucked it Jake Carroll How important was his sending off Did that swing the game in Ross County's favour Let's hear from you And of course previewing tomorrow Three huge games Celtic are playing Kilmarnock Rangers are playing St Johnston And the small matter of an Edinburgh derby We'll do it all next Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Road Accident Solicitors. The compensation you deserve when you've been sidelined. Talk to Thompson's.com. The full time scores from the Scottish Premiership this afternoon Livingston 0, Aberdeen 2, Mullerwell 1, Ross County 2, and St Mirren 0. Hamilton nil in the championship It finished Alloa 1 Air United 4 Dundee United 2 Are both 1 Inverness Cali Thistle 2 Queen of the South nil. Morton 1 Dundee nil, And Partick Thistle nil. Dunfermline 3 In League 1 Airdrie nil. Wraith Rovers 1 East 5 2 Dumbarton 2 4 for Athletic 2 Montrose nil. Peterhead 1 Clyde 1 And Stranraer 0 Falkirk 3 In League 2 Albion Rovers 1 Edinburgh City 3 Annan 0 Stirling Albion 0 Elgin City 0 Cove Rangers 2 Queen's Park 0 Cowden B 3 And Stenhouse Muir 1 Brecon City 0 In the English Premier League Leicester City 2 Tottenham 1 Burnley 2 Norwich 0 Everton 0 Sheffield United 2 And Manchester City 8 Watford Nil. 0141-951-1025 Hugh Keevans, Craig Beatty, Alex Ray All here, all want to hear from you They want to know what you witnessed this afternoon What are you expecting Hugh? 
Uh, well, Partick Thistle first and foremost. Uh, their supporters will be, I think, deeply concerned by what's going on now. I think you could apply the word crisis to Partick Thistle without any difficulty whatsoever. The words I would use to describe Motherwell Ross County, anti-climax. If you're a Motherwell fan, you could have gone second top. Now you're slipping down the table. And I think Craig Beatty called it before the game started, St Mirren Hamilton, and I think it slipped under the radar. He said that he was looking at a bore draw in Paisley, and a bore draw would appear to be what it was exactly. No, I'm not giving him credit for that. He predicted a 2 0 to Hamilton. Someone said board draw <laughs> somewhere. Says it was a draw. He predicted 2 0 to Hamilton. Uh, anyway, well, we've I've got. got giving you credit for the, the wrong reason there. I was going to take it as well. And we've <laughs> also got um, big games to look forward to tomorrow, Alex, as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, you look at the importance of both Rangers and Celtic getting maximum points to kind of continue to put pressure on each other. But I think the, the game of t- tomorrow, Gordon, is most certainly the Edinburgh Derby. Both managers bang under pressure. 01419511025 Ideally if you've been at a game this afternoon Give us the, the, the hot off the press reaction Let us know exactly what it was like um, Or even if you, you couldn't make it And you've been watching your team <coughs> result come in Share all your thoughts with us Andy is first up He's a Partick Thistle fan from Drumchapel Hi Andy How you going guys? Cheers for taking the call um, I, I didn't go today um, The Abrose game uh, Was one of the worst performances I've, I've seen For Thistle Up until Last weekend, I dare say if I'd went the day, today's would have been the worst performance. Um, I think it was right. Is is you know it's not good to see someone lose their job, but I think it was the right decision for Gary Caldwell to leave. Um, he had steadied the ship a wee bit. Um, at first, I wasn't a, a big fan of him getting the job, but he seemed to come in and steady the ship a wee bit, and we managed to stay up last year. <laughs> um, but it just seems to be that when he's when he's um, the guys are going out. We're actually going backwards now, and uh, the in the pudding there, where has been in the, the the bottom of the the table. I think it's only six games going. Um, one of my concerns, I think, is the fact that, like we we talk about, Mister Weir was there, and we had some money for a for a academy, and that's been taken away from us. Um, I, I'm not so keen on Jerry Britton and Kelly, Kenny Miller uh, running the team there. Um, Jerry. Jerry Britton was a great player for us, but you know he's been there before as our manager, and it didn't go too well for him. Um, and, I, and I don't think Kenny Miller's got the experience. I think we need to be starting to look for someone who's got a bit of experience in uh, the, the championship and in relegation dogfights. If we were ever to get promoted back up, um, I think one of the, one of the problems is that I'm not sure what the board are doing. Um, we need to invest in this team, uh, and I've said it for years. I, I know we're, I know we're a, a small club. And I know we, uh, you know, we struggle to 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 get finances in, but uh, you know, but they spoke about Partick Thistle. We had a great player budget this year. Um, I'd rather we spent some some budget on on a manager, somebody that knows what he's doing. I've heard some of my friends and fans talking about guys like Ian McCall and uh, coming along, but if you're being honest and you're Ian McCall and you're sitting at air just now, why would you want to come to Partick Thistle? Uh, I, you know, I wouldn't. Um, and, it, and it's some poor, poor performances. Like I said, that Abrose game, I never went the day because I was furious with it. Um, it's the worst performance I've seen for Thistle in a long, long time. It was just long ball, missed out the midfield, and that's what's happening a lot. We're missing out on midfield. Well, uh, one it, guy up front. Listen, Andy, it goes far deeper than missing out the midfield. The whole club's in crisis here. Uh, and to be fair to Kenny Miller and Jerry Britton, they're only there because they're holding the fort. It's not their intention to be 
in a managerial role there They are the, the last two guys standing And that's why they've taken over But it goes way beyond Missing out the midfield It's the whole future of the club After Colin Weir Prior to our takeover Who will be running the club then? What will the process be thereafter? Will there be players coming from England because that's what the the potential new owners tend to do. They 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 own a variety of clubs. They pass the players around. But they can't do that until January. Who? Yeah, you know. Until yeah, the, the let's, let's not worry too much about that because yeah, they're different. So you can buy yeah, but the takeover the takeover is important because yeah. the, uh, David Beatty came in to oversee the takeover. So the takeover is vitally important because that then means. Whoever it is that takes over, they are your future. They're actually looking for someone with a bit of a vision to take the club forward, Gordon. And Andy's saying they need to invest money in a manager. I would suggest that they're actually kind of struggling for money. They, they had the issues with the, the bus, that they were only taking a bus to the game, which would suggest to me that there was financial issues. You look at some of the players that invest in the team. Zanata came in, Miller came in, Navita came in. So you look at these type of players, Fox, Tam aware. So there has been major investment in this team. Mm. They just don't seem to be hitting the ground wrong, uh, 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 hitting the ground. And it seems to me as if it's been a continual thing that everybody are connected. There's an apathy about the place, and they need somebody to be going and galvanise the place because think, otherwise it's going to continue. I think also, Alec, there has to be some kind of transparency now. The supporters need to be told what is going on on the night when they hit rock bottom in the championship. It's time the club informed the people mm. who left the ground long before the game ended today. It's time to inform them where does this takeover stand? Who do you have in mind to be manager? Where is the club going? Andy, forgive me if I missed it. Um, did, did you have one particular name who, who was your favourite? I, I do recall you mentioning a couple of guys who you weren't keen on. Did you did you pick one for us? Honestly, before we took Gary Caldwell on, I wanted to see Jim Duffy come in. I think Jim's an excellent manager. Um, he knows the championship. I thought he'd done fantastic with Morton for a while there. Um, and he knows, he's a, he's a, he seems to me to be a good man manager, and that's what we need just now. We need somebody that's going to be able to... We do have some talent in that team. Um, mm-hmm. I've seen the guys do it, and we can pass the ball about. We, we, it just seems to be that there's some one or two things lacking on the field. I don't know if it's confidence. I don't know if the takeover's worrying them, but... Like I say, Jim Duffy, I think, is a guy that could put his arm around the players. And do you know what? We're not going to get promoted this year. That's 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 a fact. I'll be lucky. I'll be happy if we avoid relegation. But I know Jim's a guy that could come in there and, and, and save us for relegation with that team that's there. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. But the, the problem, we, the problem, the problem we have is this takeover. If you, if we're talking about another, you know, group of guys coming in, that I don't want to hold off and wait. You know, well, we're going to wait a few months because we don't know what they're going to do. We need to get somebody now To get us off the foot of that table And start getting us playing Craig you just wonder Because managers come in Fall into To different types Don't they um, Gary Caldwell would have been The, the sort of young Hopefully up and coming Type And I, I wonder if, if this Has been enough to put Partick Thistle off that Not to say that all young managers Would get and do the exact same job But you get where I'm coming from I wonder if it's at the stage where They just turn to an experienced head Maybe one that even doesn't delight all of the fans But it's just a pragmatist Who's going to come in And, and get the basics right for them Yeah um, I, I totally agree with Gordon and, and I was thinking there As we were talking And it'll probably put clubs off Taking a, taking on board young managers But the game's moved forward From sort of 10, 15 years ago You know it's transitioned obviously 
Um, Caldwell's done all his badges recently By all accounts gave a, a very very impressive interview Listen, Gary Caldwell and Kenny Miller They're no mugs you know, They've been top international players They've been close in distance They've been in English Premier League They've been in and around it for, for two or three decades The guys um, I want to know to what, what responsibility are the players taking? Because as Alex alluded to there Party Thistle have signed good quality players They've had a strength of squad From the, the, the team that got relegated So where are the players going to take responsibility? How, how come everything gets pinned on the board and the management? I think also there's another question to be asked, Craig. The question is not who will be the next manager. Who will pick the next manager? Will it be David Beatty and the existing board or is it somebody else? Andy Indram Chapel, thank you very much for the call. If you want to join Andy tonight, the number you need is 0141 951 1025 You can catch us on Twitter as well At Clyde SSB So have you been to a game today? If so What did you make of it? Who was good? Who was bad? Uh, what about the referees? It's been a while since we had a good moan About referees But I don't know um, Brian Rice might have something else to say about that um, If what I'm being led to believe is true Alan Muir had a bad game apparently at Motherwell uh, So there we go If you've got anything to say Based on your team's performance this afternoon Let us hear it 01419511025 Right now is the good time to call And of course we are looking ahead to tomorrow's games As well um, Because there are three massive games here oh, mm. uh, Andrew Dallas is a referee At St Johnson against Rangers And uh, I met Andrew at the boxing on Thursday And let me tell you he can take a joke because uh, I made a joke about him from the top floor and uh, he took it very well. So uh, good luck to him tomorrow. I think it will be, though, a fairly easy match to handle. I think Rangers have too much for St. Johnson. I think Celtic ultimately will have too much for Kilmarnock. And as for Hearts and Hibs, they, Crash they, helmets on. they don't have anything. So it'll be nothing each. Can you ever remember... A, a derby I mean an Edinburgh derby first of all But any other derby where Both managers have gone in under so much Scrutiny and criticism No managers always go in under a, a slight amount of pressure But you know we alluded to it last week we're, we're now talking about whoever loses gets the sack And for it to fall in a derby I, I think it's it's going to be a, a huge moment It's going to be a huge afternoon in Edinburgh tomorrow um, and, and I wouldn't like to be in the in the driving seat for either of the two Edinburgh clubs yeah, both of them going in really poor form beats. I think uh, Hearts are like one, one and seven. You know, Hibs are one and six. It's mm. it's it's really poor. The pressure's coming from the fans. There's been protests. Um, this may well buy some time for one of them, but over the kind of short to medium term, both clubs really need to start getting their season up and running. I think Hearts are three points from a possible thirty nine. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. It's, yeah. it's horrendous form getting into an an away away derby fixture. It's, but it, is it, really it better is. though? Is it better to go and play? Uh, Hibs due to the fact that you, you know, you've not got the surroundings and the pressure of a if, full if house If Naismith is available If Naismith comes back in I think the psychological lift for Hearts would be enormous Because they have certainly missed him They've missed him but he's been out for a while Hugh So yeah. physically how, how much impact can he have on the match yeah. um, You know I've I've waxed lyrical about Stephen Naismith since I watched him last season And Hearts with and without him are two completely different teams But having had such a long spell out And yeah. not being able to get competitive And win internationals etc When he's so close to 50 caps I just don't know if he's ready Yeah we are looking ahead to tomorrow's games as well So Celtic, Rangers, Kilmarnock, St Johnson, Hibs, Hearts You're all involved So if you're a fan of one of those clubs Give us your pre-match considerations 01419511025 Alec is a Celtic fan uh, What do you think about tomorrow Alec? Hi lads, how are we doing? Hi Alec Good Alec Just, just 
just enjoying this last wee bit of sunshine today. Oh, uh, cannot beat it, Alec. Can't uh, beat it. Ah, uh, yeah. Thanks, thanks for reminding us, Alec. I mean? It's absolutely beautiful in here under the lights. I <laughs> 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 uh, will obviously Rangers will kick off before the Celtic game tomorrow. So, you know, I think for Rangers they they'll just be they just want to get the three points in the bag, and then I'll be at the Celtic. You know, so uh, I'll be back to Celtic. But as I says to the to Andy. I'm obviously I know it's a lot. There's a lot of pressure this season, but I'm expecting now with the way that I've been seeing Celtic play, I'm expecting performances now. You know, obviously it's Kamarnock. They're not just going to come up with Celtic Park and roll there, but the way that Celtic's been playing, we've been playing some really good football. You expect and any changes tomorrow, Alec, to, to the squad? Well, I think that Bio will come in for uh, for the Edward. I think that that's why Lenny's been doing it. You know what I mean? Because there is a lot of games. Uh, I'd maybe maybe Roger maybe come in so you know the bench and Sham maybe start there's a, there's a there's a strong bench you know what I mean uh, but really looking forward to it you know what I mean and like I say it's going to be like this for the rest of the season it's going to be back for one or the other so Rangers will be hoping that Celtic slip up Celtic will hoping that, mm. that Rangers slip up you know what I mean yeah Hugh be one of those old fashioned days tomorrow yeah. taking their uh, transistor radios yes, maybe yes. to the ground uh, listening to us because it's going to be I mean don't get me wrong it's a bit early in the season for the absolute nail biting stuff but both playing at roughly the same time slightly staggered and there's no doubt uh, no matter what game you're at you'll be keeping an eye on the other one well at half time or an ear should I say yeah half time in Perth will be kick off time at Celtic Park so Celtic will know which way the wind is blowing in the St Johnston Rangers game and then half time at Celtic Park they'll know exactly what Rangers have done and whether they need to respond to it in the second half or whether they've been boosted by what happened in Perth so a fascinating afternoon for the two of them the simple rule applies to both defeat is not an option Yeah Gordon I disagree with you slightly there I think it's very much nail-biting time I think every time there's a poor performance. Well, you know, I mean, I'm not. We're not talking season-defining in September. No, no, we're, we're not. But in terms of how the fans are treating it and and how anxious they get when there's a poor performance or a poor yeah, result, that's it's, true. There's, there's a post-mortem after every poor performance and poor poor result, and the fans are panicking. I said it in the show a couple of weeks ago. I spoke to some Celtic fans who weren't fussed about the Europa League because they were slightly slightly worried about how Rangers were doing, and you know they were thinking if we don't qualify, then we can just focus solely on the league and. I think it's. I think they're both panicking at times. It's different though, Alex, isn't it? Once you then get a flavour of the opening night of the Europa yeah. League, Celtic and Rangers fans. If and I'm not saying they were, but if they were a bit indifferent a couple of days ago, they now realise that those groups could be there for the taking. Could be based on what they've seen so far, and they're bothered about them both. That's the truth. Now you just you just you just have to find a way of of negotiating your way through. Yeah, absolutely. And I think fans are actually different from players. I think players, the management team from, and obviously the clubs financially want to try and get in the latter stages, try and get into the last. 32, last 16 I think it gives you kudos It gives you profile uh, And as a player You want to compete Against all these top teams That we're mentioning In these competitions I get the, the aspect That supporters Would go Well no interest in Europe Because they're so determined uh, Celtic to kick on for nine And Rangers to stop it yeah. uh, Alec thank you very much For your thoughts Some interesting team Selection predictions as well So join us tomorrow afternoon To see if they come true 0141 951 1025 And we'll start hearing From today's managers next 
Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, the league leader for compensation. Talk to Thompson's.com. Hugh Keevans, Alex Ray, and Craig Beatty are here waiting patiently on your mm-hmm. thoughts on your team's performance today or their potential performance tomorrow because we've got some great games to look forward to. We're on air at midday, uh, keeping you company throughout the afternoon as uh, three big games take place in the Premiership, Hugh. Yeah. Um, today's matches St Mirren at home Playing 10 man Hamilton Ackies For 40 of the 90 minutes And it still ended up goalless Has to be a disappointment For the St Mirren fans Partick Thistle crisis uh, Motherwell anti-climax uh, Breach of promise there You know the, the promise being They could have been Second top of the league tonight And have lost mm. at home yeah, I thought we would hear from some Motherwell fans today, I must admit So if you're out there, share your frustrations with us Because such a good run of form 1-0 up, looking relatively comfortable You concede, you get down to 10 men You lose the game at home to Ross County What's on your mind after that? 01419511025 That's the number that Craig in Broomhill has dialed And uh, he's on about the Jags Hi Craig Hi there, good evening uh, lads Yeah, I've just backed from the game That's got to be one of the the worst games I think I've ever seen in the many years I've followed Thistle And really my my concern is the future Um, I can put bad performances behind me Uh, I have done many a time uh, But at the moment This team looks uh, totally disjointed Um, Our team selection seems to be changing On a game-by-game basis There's no consistency No fluidity to the team performances at all um, I never made it to the Broth game But I was at today's game And I just don't know where there's any hope at the moment From the squad that we have Craig, what's your understanding of What's going on at the club with regard to Takeover? Have the fans been informed in any way of where this stands? No, not even close um, sure, To be honest And I think that's one of the main issues um, Regardless of any fault you could place beyond the board Under Jackie Lowe There was communication um, with the fans we're obviously getting told that there's only so much information that can be passed um, because of legalities involved in the takeover, but I think there still has to be some information given to us. Clearly, um, Gary Caldwell wasn't the manager that the previous board appointed, and that obviously instantly could have become a problem, and it has become a problem Craig, since the board returned. Craig, I was going to say, you, you say you're worried about the future. What... Um... What type of managerial appointment would make you feel better about the future? And I suppose as well, what type of managerial appointment would make you feel worse? Well, at the moment, I think we just need to get some solidity. I think we just need some security from a manager who knows the division, who knows what he's doing, um, just to try and get a team performance going. Because it seems to have filtered down to the players. Um, It almost became laughable today in terms of how some of the individual performances developed. it came to an extent where you couldn't take it seriously anymore Craig, is that um, not down to the players as opposed to the management? Is that not down to the players, yeah, Craig? I, I, no, I agree with that I actually don't blame the management, the past management Other than the purchase of some of these players But when they are on the pitch, clearly they have to mm. take um, some responsibility Who in particular is um, underperforming, Craig? Uh, I could, I, I could uh, run you the whole team, to be honest with you um, the, There wasn't anybody that got pass marks today And that's a problem, I think um, it seems to have just filtered through to even some of the so-called kind of more seasoned professionals um, and ones that have been there for a while, like Stuart Bannigan, who obviously was the team captain. Who do you think? Who, who has a fan favourite? Who do you think will pick your next manager, David Beattie and the current board, or whoever takes over? 
I think that's the problem, Sure, It's a mystery we don't know. Um, there was a, a, an open day in a meeting with some of the board members, uh, not, notably uh, Mr Beatty was absence and noticeable by his absence, but um, the communication's been pretty poor. The, the, the real concern that I've got is that the current board um, clearly have an objective in mind, and, and they are shareholders, so they obviously stand to gain um, from a new company coming in and taking over, whereas the previous board were not shareholders. Um, so, so there's agendas going on that the fans are unaware of, and that's the problem. I think the, the key thing for Partick Thistle uh, uh, across the board is where they go for here and how quickly they do it, Craig. Because as you rightly said, their consistency is an issue. They're chopping and changing, but when you look at one win in the last eight, it's difficult to kind of continue to go to the well. When you're saying even the senior players who you've been able to rely on times gone by. They're not even showing up How are you assessing the, the the sort of named candidates so far Craig? I know it's early on and people sort of throw these names out there But Ian McCall, Danny Lennon, a previous manager, uh, previous caller said Jim Duffy So guys that, that we know, any of them doing it for you? I, th- I think in the long term no But in the short term yes I think uh, we need to get somebody who's previously been involved in the club And these, these uh, certainly the names you've mentioned have been and uh, if they get us through this season, then that's enough. The problem is Ian McCall's in a good job yeah. uh, performing well at Air United. He's not going to leave that for a short-term measure. Would you include Alan Archibald in that, Craig? It's just we, we had a caller on maybe Thursday night. He was a Thistle fan, and he, he felt that Alan Archibald had learned from his mistakes. He didn't think it was too soon, and he would have welcomed him back. How does that sit with you, given that a lot of fans wanted to see him go? No, not very well actually Because I don't accept that he learned from his, his mistakes I think the problem with, with Alan Although he's a total gentleman In terms of football terms uh, he, he didn't learn from his mistakes in five years In terms of tactical um, ability And uh, use of substitutions It was making the same mistakes year on year out And that's what cost him his job So certainly uh, as much as uh, He's a fan favourite from his obviously been a player in the past I wouldn't like to see Alan come back I think that would be a return Potentially to, to, to another issue um, I think we need, need somebody that can come in And can boost these players' uh, confidence uh, Their self-esteem And probably increase their, their, their confidence In what they can do in the pitch Because at the moment they seem to be doubting What they can do And they, don't, they certainly don't seem to be looking As if they're trying to pass to each other And that's the problem Well I'm sorry to hear you say That communication is poor Because you always think of Partick Thistle As being open, transparent The fans always know It might not always be good but at least the fans know what's going on But at the moment Craig You're telling us the fans don't know what's going on Craig thank you very much A lot of concerns there clearly So thanks for sharing them with us uh, Stay in touch over the coming weeks Because I'm sure there will be a lot um, A lot more happening well, you assume there's going to be a lot more happening So Craig uh, do stay in touch And we'll speak again soon Stuart Robinson Stephen Robinson even I just saw the word Stuart And it got in my head Stephen Robinson I can't imagine he's too happy Hugh Keevans no. Throwing away a one goal lead Going down to ten men And losing at home to Ross County Here's what he had to say I thought we totally dominated the game um, Well for 65 minutes anyway And we didn't take our chances You know Somebody needs to explain to me Why Declan Gallagher's goal was disallowed Because there's no foul whatsoever um, Explain to me the new handball rule Why there's not a penalty but again, we can't affect that. We can't affect what, what referees give us and what they don't give us. We can affect how we defend, but in the last 15 minutes, our defending was poor. Um, for the first goal, we left the, the middle of the pitch wide open. And for the, the second goal, we take a quick throw in with, 10, with three minutes to go. So it, it's a naive decision 
from a young, young team. And I think it, it probably shows where we are in terms of experience, how to manage a game with 10 men in the last few minutes. And it's very difficult to get that information onto them when it's over the far side of the pitch. But that's where the goal comes from. Then we don't contain Foster on the halfway line. We dive in and we get punished for it. So we'll live and we'll learn from it. Well, it's all there. Uh, dominated the game, he felt. Lost it, though. Yeah. Uh Goal wrongly disallowed We'll need to see that for ourselves And then on Monday night Alec and myself can tell you whether we agree And naive decision making Well, with young players Occasionally that will be the case Yeah, and they have to learn from it, Hugh And, and, and they will do Because it's just part of that Kind of uh, kind of progression of trying to Kind of get an understanding of the game See the game out Have a recognition that you're down to 10 men And then at the end of the day A point is, you know, you settle for that Yeah, I'll, I'm going to hit you with a a cliche that I, that I use myself yeah. And it's it's Experience is something you get Just after you needed it And that'll probably relate to the, the Motherwell midfield today So they've obviously They've left a big gap Steve Robinson will come away He'll show them What they've done wrong And they'll learn from it mm-hmm. If they'd had that experience today That probably would have been avoided But he's really really disappointed there That his team's not been I'll able just, to, to get the write, three points I'll write that down and write that, I'll, that's, I'll, a, that's I'll, a good one Hugh write I'll that use down. it myself later on And I'll, I'll <laughs> say it's mine <laughs> You give him credit once And then I know Swagger <laughs> Yeah uh, but yeah, I mean, you can hear the frustration, Hugh, because yeah, losing games is it's not the end of the world. You're going to lose no. them, but just given that that Mother not only came into the game in such good form, uh, but also they they had done a lot of the hard work. Yeah, what did yeah. they make it to sixty? Maybe even later, you know, yeah. the later stages of the game, a goal up and, and feeling okay about it, and then to not get anything from it, yeah. and that's where the kick in the teeth comes for Stephen Robinson. Yeah, you feel for them. You know, they've tried very hard to attract a crowd today. Uh, they've, they've had everything The pitch was in magnificent shape uh, And they took the lead But At the end of the day They didn't see the game out Yeah, 75 it, minutes Graham scored Yeah, yeah. Then the red card in 80 and, and, and they lose a goal With two minutes to go Frustration But That's what happens Our very own Amber Is uh, hosting a, a ladies day Or something along those lines At Fur Park today oh, you know, nice. In the hospitality And uh, by her own admission She's not Really across her football It's just not, not something That she's that interested in So she's been saying I, I, what, what we'll ask What, will I, what am I going to ask The Motherwell yes. players When they come in After the game uh, So we've sent her a message Quite simply to say Good luck Because uh, 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 after that Your manager has torn strips off you You've thrown away a lead And then you get ushered in To some corporate do uh, With the ladies Are sitting there With the fascinators on And uh, well, I, 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 I'm not sure How it's going to go down The I've, academy under 14 Mothers are there Causing uh, carnage uh, <laughs> is, that, is that from experience Your, your son is the under Fourteen, yeah, and well, the, uh, the mothers are all there. I've just seen the bravest <laughs> thing on that big screen behind your head. Ben Foster, the Watford goalkeeper, came in for an interview. Now he's lost eight goals <laughs> at Man City. I can't think of anybody up here who would front up for the press after losing eight goals. The scary thing is, maybe he played well. He actually might have given he's, the, the yeah, level of pressure that he was probably under. Uh, so yeah, this it's a possibility. We're going to hear from. Derek McInnes Let's do it right now Because we've got an Aberdeen fan on the phone So let's hear from Derek McInnes And we can react to it together Mark on the line Here he is I think if we hadn't had the midweek game um, I'd have thought maybe about um, about it But he's, the truth of the matter is he's, uh, He was a doubt on Thursday He never trained um, So while he was In the treatment table a week And not training um, Curtis was training and, and training particularly well and with Sam having a little strain on his groin, we would try to manage his minutes over the next three games. Um, um, obviously, off the record, the surface, maybe not perfect when your groin's not particularly 100%. Um, but we always knew he would be able to give us something coming off the bench. So 
Um, it was it was tough out there for everybody, but you know, hopefully there's no more injuries. Uh, there'll be no more injuries, uh, no more players coming back and available for, for Wednesday night. So we'll try and go again and try and find a team and a performance that can get the club in another semi-final. The performance it's a, it goes down as a, as a good three points, whether it was a classic or not, to get there in the end. Well, you know, he's trying to manage Absolutely. The, the schedule here. He's got uh, Hearts midweek in the Betfred Cup. Uh, and he has a lengthy injury list And he's one to nothing So whatever he did today It was successful uh, And Cosgrove I have no doubt uh, Will come back in for the game against Hearts midweek Yeah I think I think the before the game We were all kind of raising our eyebrows About Cosgrove Because of the manner and amount of goals He got over the last 18 months or so And you've got a perfectly good reason Trying to manage him um, Because of the importance of the game in midweight against oh. Hearts Because all of a sudden If you can get another uh, Important win Then yeah. it kind of really Kind of gets you going Yeah it's turned out to be A great day for Denny McInnes And Aberdeen Because he's, he's gave his His main striker His main goal threat and, and the scorer of the majority Of his goals A good rest Gives somebody else an opportunity Up the road with three points And, and no damage done And also up to third in the table as well And on the flip side Let's hear from Gary Holt What did he make of it this afternoon? The hop The penalties A breakaway um, Which is me get caught We've put Big Ricky up top To try and Gives a more of a another presence up there, um, and then it happens. But the first goals, the first goals are bread and butter. It's and that's what I say. This, it's the one thing that you can. And you as a player, if you've got a job to do and your man scores, I'm afraid I was getting in the net. I made sure my man never scored. So that's something we need to learn. We need to be, we We need to organise as a team. We need to get get set better and. Once it's done and cleared, then you can point fingers and say, "Here, you, you're not doing your job right, or you're not doing your job right." But it's a team thing; it's a collective, and it's just that that wee bit. The, the fine lines today, like the crossbar and the post that comes back out. Um, but on another day, as I said, we'll, we'll play a lot worse than that, and we'll win games. Uh, difficult run of fixtures, I suppose, yes. for, for Livingston at the moment. There's no uh, no shame in, in losing to Rangers as they did at Ibrooks. Given how good they are at home they, Maybe they would have fancied themselves against Aberdeen Granted Aberdeen are generally one of the, the sort of top sides in the league But they do pride themselves on, on what they do at home Alex Because yeah. last season they finished ninth, But they had the worst away record in the league yeah. So that, that tells you how good the they were at home Absolutely, it's the importance of being at home you, you, Gordon, without going over the old ground about the, su- the, the surface Hamilton's the same, Livingston's the same Kamarnock had a good uh, home record as well So when you take all that into consideration He'll be disappointed, you know, he's, he's, re- he's referenced that they hit the woodwork a couple of times there So he'll be disappointed with that uh, And it, they would probably have felt as if it was a chance to actually get some points today uh, Considering they're on a decent run Yeah, he's a manager and, and it's a team that pride themselves on being strong and physical in set pieces And they've lost the goal there from a set piece And they, they said during the commentary that Constantine had a, an opportunity to score a second as well So yeah. he'll be disappointed with that the second one is a penalty kick from a breakaway when they're then trying to get a point Chase from the game. game. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you'll be disappointed with the initial part where they're losing goals from set pieces. Always good to just sort of hear and, and see Gary Holt going about his business. Show he's got oh. a style that I think a lot of people can relate to and the, the way he handles himself. Um, in hospital a couple of weeks ago for something that I mean I'm not a medical professional, but actually did seem pretty serious, and oh. he just kind of. Well, not laughs it off But just as if it was Just another Another day And he's back Before you know it He just He tries to take all this stuff In his stride Fascinating guy uh, Got to know him In my newspaper days And found him Fascinating uh, But now he's suffered Back to back defeats That's the bottom line And they have to Address that And they have to make sure It's not three defeats in a row What I liked about his interview there was He's, he's talking about Setting up at set pieces And being organised properly And he's going to go back over that And and although he's talking about being better collectively, 
He's wanting to sit down And point the fingers He's wanting to sit down And say right Front people up Yeah That's your man Why are you not marking him uh, Ben is an Aki's fan On the line We're going to speak to him next And Good timing Because Jim Goodwin Is going to tell us How he was unhappy With the Aki's tactics Today We'll bring you those next Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors Getting you Full compensation Is their goal Talk to Thompson's.com Hugh Keevans Craig Beattie And Alex Ray Here with me Gordon Duncan On tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard I'm still laughing Hugh Because Alex managed to Squeeze in a call To his wife During the break To to arrange their plans For tonight And um, an old romantic He ain't No No (laughs) Make a decision By six o'clock Those were the the, the Cary Grant Style ones To be fair The the pressure was on Because we were going Back on air So we'll give him away Uh, We'll let him away with it Uh, So 01419511025 Ben Is an Aki's fan In Hamilton What did you make of that Today Ben? Yeah, hi guys. Um, I thought uh, Hamilton were fantastic tonight uh, or today, and uh, really, really improved uh, from last season uh, and under Martin Canning's reign. Uh, my main point tonight, though, is about Brian Rice himself. I thought since, or I think since Brian Rice has came in, he has thoroughly, ch- thoroughly changed how Hamilton are. Um, the positivity around the club has obviously changed with the positive results we're getting. We're a hell of a lot more sturdy at the back. I mean, threatening a lot more going forward. And I think that all the media that were saying, oh, Hamilton, oh, um, you know, careful what you wish for with sacking Martin Canning. Um, I think the media and the rest of the fans in the Scottish League and Hamilton fans themselves are seeing that Brian Rice is the man and he's the man to take Hamilton forward. I'll tell you what, Ben, let's hear from him and then we'll let the guys react to it. These are are his post-match thoughts. We're getting used to it. I'll obviously have to phone up Monday morning and ask the referee to supervise what the rules are because I was at a game a couple of weeks ago. I saw two shocking, shocking tackles, no even a yellow card. I got a guy sent off today for jumping into somebody. We need malice, intent or anything. So I'm very unclear about the rules as it stands. You'll never hear me criticising referees. I criticise myself here because I don't know the rules. Because I'm watching a game, a high profile game, with two outrageous tackles. And I'm watching that today with a guy sent off for nothing. So I'm really, really, I'm at a loss. It's me. What do managers do? I mean, do you phone John Fleming? Do you have a chance with John? Wasting time. Wasting my time. Referee calls it as he sees it. Players call it as he sees it. I'm not having a go at anybody. I'm wasting my time having a go. I'm not going to have a go because it's human error. I think he's on what I'm talking about. A few people seem to say the likes of St Mirren, Hamilton, Livingston, Ross County tend to get more of these young referees than other teams do. Is that something you've found? I've brought this up at a meeting before and I get told that uh, they can't blood young lads in big games. And I said, well, does that mean I can't blood young players in big games? Which I don't get an answer to. You know, I just listen. The game, the game isn't about referees and about refereeing decisions. The game's about honesty. Same rules for every single team. And I, at this minute in time, I don't know the rules, so I don't know if the rules are the same for everybody. Well, I think we're getting slightly mixed up here. Uh, he's admitting Brian Rice that human error may have taken place today, and I don't think it's to do with rule rules, breaking. Yeah. It's to do with a referee's interpretation of events. He says that his player was sent off. But did not show any malice Okay The referee perhaps then has got it wrong Nothing to do with the rules The referee's interpretation mm. of the challenge May be wrong What did you make of Ben's initial point Alex and Craig He's, he's, he's full of praise for um, Brian Rice and, and Sam Stubbs in particular Yeah I think Brian's come in as, as the head coach And you know, I think that's what he is That's what he's known for The way he, he sets his team up um, He likes to play attacking football as much as possible um, But what I liked today when I was listening That you know, there was a bit of time wasting going on, which, um, you know, I've got time for it. 
at a certain point in the game and, and it's all about getting over the line and, and winning matches ultimately it's about winning football matches getting points so if, if as long as they're not breaking the rules which if they were the referee would deal with uh, Ben did you feel hard done by from uh, George Oakley sending off well, if I'm being totally honest, his first yellow was a yellow. It was a late, it was a late challenge, and I think Kirk Broadfoot. Um, so there was no argument for that. Um, the second yellow was up on the other end of the pitch. So I don't think any Hamilton fans can honestly hold their hand up and yeah. say they've seen it clearly. Um, from what I've heard uh, online and all that, it was just two players challenging for a header. Um, although the rumour is that he led his elbow, but I don't want to say he deserved it or didn't without seeing it myself. You know. Sure. Alex. Ben, Ben, I was just curious to you. Obviously, listen, I like Brian Rice. I've done my badges with Brian Rice. I like him as an individual. I think he's a breath of fresh air to your football club. And you're six games in. Uh, you're currently sitting in eighth, and it's only one point. Uh, sorry, three points off the bottom. So I think it's still a bit early to say well, about Martin Canning because I thought Cancel done well over a period of time. Uh, and it's not. It's, I don't see you actually turning a corner as such because it's so early. But that's not to say that he can kick on. So I think it's a bit premature to to say that you know that Brian's a man with b- b- cast iron certainty. Um, I, I I disagree with that. I mean, Brian Brian Rice. You have to remember, it's not just six games for Brian Rice. He had the, the latter end of last season, and he picked up some great points there. I mean, even today, if you were if you were to compare it under Martin Canning, and listen, I, I run the fan channel for Hamlin, so I, you know, I spend after the games interviewing all the fans. Um, and every single one agrees with me that under Martin Canning, if a player gets sent off or we go to go down, everything capitulates. And there's plenty of evidence behind that, although under Brian Rice that hasn't happened yet. Uh, we go a goal down against Hearts, we draw one each. We go a goal down again, we draw two each. Even today we get a man sent off. I think, and most of the fans do under Martin Canning, we would have capitulated there and that would have been St Mirren 2, St Mirren 3, St Mirren 4 Can you, not let, can you not let Martin Cannon go now? I mean, he's not well to be fair Ben, Ben's looking at progress for his team That's, that's what you yeah, do Are we, are we, be, are we better now than we were then? That's fair God. Let's hear from Jim Goodwin so we can get Ben's uh, reaction to that Here's what Jim Goodwin had to say after the game Ben Yes it's frustrating an afternoon as I can remember um, You know it's just one of those things Unfortunately Hamilton came with a game plan uh, To obviously frustrate us And every time the ball uh, went out of play. It took an age to come back in, and they just killed the whole momentum of the game. Uh, you know, disappointing that it pans out that way, but you know we can't let it affect us too much. Um, you know, and I, I just think you know it was just a disappointing afternoon all round. You know, we can we can be happy with the clean sheet. Um, you know, it didn't matter whether. I mean, going out to ten men probably suited Hamilton to be honest with you because it gave them all the more reason to to drop even deeper. Um, but we as a team have got to try and find a way to break them down you know it's as simple as that um, second half it was obviously wave after wave of attack as you would imagine with them being down to 10 men but I think the first half was similar I think you know when I look back at the stats there we've had 15 attempts on goal but only two of them on target and I think that's the problem you know Hamilton managed the game really well and I thought they they uh, were clever and cute and you know picking up cheap free kicks from my point of view um, running the clock down, you know, from the first minute, I dread to think how often the ball was in play. Honestly, um, if I was a fan, I'd paying money to come and watch that. I mean, if we both set up like that, then it wouldn't be a classic, that's for sure. So, not too complimentary about your team, Ben. By the sounds of it, do you recognise some of those criticisms from Jim Goodwin? I think any manager in Scottish football has a cheek to talk about time wasting. Um, 
I mean, every single football team in Scottish football and in English football will use time wasting at some point in a game. Um, I don't think today was an unnatural amount of time wasting from either side. Both goalkeepers took an age to take goal kicks. Um, he's talking about cheap free kicks. That's one of the ones where you were talking about the referee's opinion. It's the same. It's the same situation where plenty of fouls went against Hamilton and for Hamilton, and it's the same as at Minnan as well. Um, Jim Goodwin was obviously very unhappy because after the game he actually went on the pitch and had to go at Sam Stubbs and had to be shooed away by Blair Alston. So he's clearly unhappy, but I don't think uh, he has any right or any manager really to moan about time wasting in Scottish football. Jim Goodwin, the manager, tends to be a lot calmer than Jim Goodwin, the player. Um, but he, he does sound a bit frustrated there this afternoon. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, I've been in both ends, uh, the spectrums of time wasting. I've, I've run the clock down trying to kind of uh, kill a game off uh, and I totally understand why Brian Rice would absolutely do that uh, 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 in terms of where you set a team up sometimes you set it up I watched St Mirren play a couple of weeks ago against Rangers and never came out so there's so many ways uh, and you can't really kind of blame other teams mm. for doing what you do uh, in any particular game I think the frustrating thing for Jim is that he's struggling to get goals uh, into his game do you know I'm glad we're talking about this and rather than time wasting I'm going to refer to it as game management and it's something that as a country Write that down you we're not, Listen Alec we're, we're no good at it Rangers and Celtic Come up against it in Europe Scotland on the international scene You know you're playing Against these smaller nations And they start wasting time And all of a sudden You know we're, we're the ones Getting frustrated We don't do that as a country So if we're now Getting taught to do it Then I'm happy with that We're very short in time So let me thank Ben and Hamilton uh, Hopefully we'll hear from you Again soon Ben we have just about Got enough time to squeeze in Jerry Britton And I know a lot of Thistle fans have been on So here's what he had to say At full time once the decision was made to replace Gary, that's when the recruitment process started. So we've been working hard in that respect, um, going through applications, identifying potential candidates, identifying potential candidates that maybe even haven't applied yet. So, yeah, we've been working hard in that regard. And yeah, performances like today just bring home the, the need to, to have that in place sooner rather than later. And I dread to mention it, but it's Celtic up next, an ICC, an easy game to bounce off the back of, and uh, I'm guessing there won't be an appointment before then, or you hopeful that there might be? No, I mean, again, we'll, we'll, we'll work as hard as we can. We, we want to make sure it's the, the right person. We're not just going to bring somebody in just for the sake of timing, but, but nothing changes in terms of trying to get in the, the quality individual that, that we're looking for for the players and, and for the squad the, the fact that they've got that in the horizon is, is absolutely brilliant because it enables them to get to the outer system to refocus and, and reset and move forward and as you say there's no bigger challenge than playing a, a team of Celtic's calibre at their, at their own stadium so it's a, it's a, a great prospect to look forward to uh, go on then Hugh Keevans Look ahead to tomorrow for us We have got a fantastic day in store We're here from midday Tomorrow Defeat is not an option For Rangers in Perth Or for Celtic in the east end of Glasgow Defeat is not an option For either Hibs or Hearts At Easter Road However The possibility of defeat Is there for either Hearts or Hibs I don't think there's a possibility of defeat For Celtic or Rangers They should both win In the season when a draw is a disaster. A defeat is a catastrophe. They know what has to be done. 
Thank you very much Hugh Keevans, Craig BT, Alex Ray and the top team all around the grounds for keeping us informed this afternoon. We are back tomorrow. As you should know by now, Europa League Thursdays mean Super Scoreboard Sundays. So we are back bringing you the action from those three big games. We would love it if you would join us. A reminder of how it finished today. Partick Thistle nil, Dunfermline 3 was our big championship game. St Mirren and Hamilton goalless, Smullerwell 1, Ross County 2. And Livingston nil, Aberdeen too as well Hoping for more drama and action tomorrow Certainly in the meantime Kick back and get your weekend started Cassie is in on the GBX tonight She's in for George uh, Hugh Keevans will be listening in the car home Making sure she does a good job So enjoy yes. Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors, the form team for compensation for more than 40 years. Talk to Thompson's.com.